and today I, I'm joined uh, by the other side of the world, the other side of the pond in the, in the lovely United States of America by um, Pittsburgh Pirates um, pitcher, six foot five inches this lad is, he's been fed well in his upbringing. Uh, so I'm joined by Pittsburgh Pirates pitcher, How's it going? How are you? Thank you I'm for having good. me on here. I'm good, I'm good. Uh, you were telling me before we came on the programme you've been having some amazing weather over there. You've been enjoying your mum and dad's swimming pool. Yeah, it's been uh, it's been pretty cool. For the first time since, you know, we were kids, my whole family's home thanks to the quarantine. Uh, so we're trying to take the positive out of it and we've been uh, hanging outside a lot. We just got a new dog, so we're, uh, we're trying to make the best of what we got. So I'd imagine you've probably spent a lot of time away from family. So it's kind of it's kind of it's kind of it's brought nice to quite refreshing to have you all back in the in the one place at the one. Normally you'd normally get together. I'd imagine on Thanksgiving or something like that. That's big over in your side. Yeah, I mean uh, Thanksgiving, uh, Christmas stuff like that. Besides that, uh, my sister moved away. Uh, my brother he has an apartment, and then I'm gone seven eight months a year. So it's always kind of all over the place. Uh, so it's really nice to kind of now that we're all a little bit older to enjoy some time together. Good, good. I'm glad to hear that. So, John, you were you were born uh, not so long ago, on uh, the 10th of April, 1995. Um, I've got a few few years on you, my friend. Um, <laughs> and uh, you know, you, you grew up in the area of New Jersey. So, tell me, tell me, you know, what what was it like growing up in, in New Jersey? Um, it's it's been pretty good. I mean, I, I live uh, you know 30, 30 minutes ish uh, from New York City, so. Um, I've had plenty of experiences getting to go in there. Um, I live an hour from the beach and I live about an hour from, you know, like the mountains. So it's, it's pretty cool. We're in a spot where, where you can kind of go all over the place. Um, I was fortunate to grow up with a group of friends that were uh, interested in very similar things as me, sports wise and, you know, culture wise, a lot of Irish kids, fortunately. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> so we, we've had a, we've had a good time here in New Jersey and, and I'm, uh, I feel pretty blessed to, to grow up here. Oh, it sounds, like, sounds, like, sounds like a cool place. I believe you're not too far as well from Yankee Stadium. Yeah, I'm not far at all. I'm actually probably probably 25 minutes from Yankee Stadium. Okay, and are you a fan of the Yankees? I'm actually, I grew up a Mets fan, so um, how, how, how does that work? Is it, I thought you would have just been set in stone, being born and bred, being, being that close to the stadium. Is that not like a given? To, or, or, or is that is your family? Do they support or not? Do they all support the same team as you support? Or is that just your choice? Uh, my whole family was Mets fans growing up. We uh, oh. so generally in this area, it's it's one or the other uh, because they're both so close. The Mets are only about forty minutes away. All right. Okay. Um, okay. So, so it's, it's a bit it's like a, Celtic, a bit like Rangers and Celtic over in Glasgow. We have two yeah, yeah. Uh, two big teams over here that uh, you either choose one or the other. Um, exactly. So, uh, exactly. so is that quite a big rivalry then? I mean, the Mets and the Yankees. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they only play. Uh, they play twice a year generally. Uh, so it's it, out of 160 games, they play about five games against each other. So it's uh, it's always a big deal when they're playing each other because the whole city and the whole area goes crazy for it. No quality. I hope it's not as, as rough as it gets over here. And, and, and you know, <laughs> not too many arrests after the game. Uh, that, that, that's important. So just talking on your on your family background as well. From what I've, from what I'm knowing, I've done a bit of, done a bit of digging on you. Your your full family are quite um quite a lot of sporting interest there. You've got you've got siblings who are also interested in sport. Yeah, my brother, uh, my brother. So my brother and I played uh, a lot of sports together growing up. Uh, we we played everywhere from baseball, soccer. We played Gaelic football until we were about sixteen, seventeen. Uh, we both played on the New York team that went over and played in Ireland. So that was pretty cool. Um, wow. 
my sister ran track in college. She played, you know, a bunch of sports growing up as well. Uh, my parents, you know, my mom was an Irish dancer and my dad was a Gaelic football guy. So we, uh, we kind of grew up with that culture around us of, uh, you know, pedal to the metal and, and, you know, work for what you want and that kind of stuff. So it's been a, it's been cool being able to push each other our whole lives. Yeah, no, that's what I was thinking there. It must have been quite a competitive uh, garden when you were out playing as kids. It must have been like your sister wanted to be at the front of the line and then your brother pushing anything to the front of the line. You know, but, but that's probably probably why you're all successful and you've been able to go on and, and achieve high-level sport because you've all pushed each other. Absolutely, yeah. You know, I'm the youngest of, uh, of the three. Uh, my, my sister's about two years older and my brother's about four years older. So I was always kind of like the guy that had to keep up, you know, and uh, I think that's what made me um, kind of where I am today is my brother's older friends would always be around, you know, knocking me down and messing with me. So fortunately now they're all like big brothers to me and we all kind of made it to a good place. No, that's, that's quality. Really, really good to hear. Um, so you talk about your Irish kind of, um, you've got your Irish involvement as well, you know, going over to Ireland to play Gaelic football. What age were you when you done that? Uh, I think I was around 14 years old. It was, it was like the beginning, it was, I want to say around 13, 14. It was, uh, there's a big tryout in New York where all the local states come and they all try out. And uh, everywhere from Connecticut, New Jersey, uh, New York, all the, all the coast states. And it's, it's a battle and it's pretty cool. I was fortunate enough to make it and play uh, right half back my, when I was over there. And we had a, we had a good time. We, we were in Kildare, Ireland. Uh, but then my dad and I stayed for an extra week or so and traveled the country and saw some family and stuff like that. So how did you find how did you find things over? How did you find the competition when you got over to Ireland? Did you get a nice friendly welcome or was it a tough? Oh yeah, oh, we definitely got a friendly welcome. All right, the, the the town we were playing again, like so, our host families. We lived with families over there for a week. Yeah, yeah. Um, we played their club, um, okay. and when we played them, within 15 minutes of the first game, there was fist fights and we were throwing each other against the ground. And I was like, you know, a kid from New Jersey. That, you know, I normally play against other kids around here. It wasn't. There was never really any real animosity. Yeah. Uh, but once we got over there, it was shoulders and elbows being thrown at all costs. Yeah, no, the Irish, the Irish, uh, they don't hold back. Um, but listen, we all need a bit of tough, tough, tough schooling in, in, in our youth. Um, I, I had experience of playing cricket against the Irish, and they uh, they never, came, you know, there was always they were never shy of a word or shy of a nudge here and there. Not that cricket yeah. is as a contact sport as Gaelic football, but yeah, they, they were still they still managed to get in your get in your face. So look, tough and up in those ages, I think. Um, so you played early, the sports you played then were baseball, soccer, Gaelic football. Talk to me, before we get into the baseball, I just want to know a bit more about the soccer side of things as well. What did you, what did you play in relation to that? Uh, so my brother, uh, I, we, we always grew up playing soccer. And then my brother came to high school and in America, you know, it's a big thing in high school to play football, uh, American football, sorry. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of, you know, the popular thing to do. Uh, so he did it and he played quarterback. And he got a few bad concussions and a few, took a few bad hits. So, you know, my dad and I just decided, you know, I'm going to stick to soccer and stay away from that. And I'm, I'm really glad I did because I went on and I met a lot of really cool people in high school and stuff like that. And I ended up, we won, we won a title at my high school, which was cool. Um, it was the first in our school's history. So, so I loved it. I met, like, our mutual friend, Mark Torrey. Uh, I met yeah. Mark when we were kids. Um, and and Mark, Mark has been a great friend of my family and everything since we were since since we were kids, when, you know, and, and uh, so I, I can't say enough about how much soccer's done for me, both physically um, and just meeting people and moving forward in life. Well, just to correct you, I, I said it was soccer, John, but, you know, we call it football. 
Oh no, yeah. over, 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 over this end. Um, yeah, I probably should have said that. <laughs> while, while, while we're on, while we're on the subject of, of Mark Tory, you know what, what a great, what a great man. Um, I only, I, I played a bit. Mark played, obviously being from Scotland, he he played cricket as well, and he just mm-hmm. recently started following my podcast a little bit, and he liked what he was liked what he was hearing, and we got talking, um, and that just shows you how small this world is. And now I'm yeah. sitting talking to talking to your good self, but you know he's a he's a great man. Um, and we're, you know, I'm, I'm blessed, at, blessed at home as well now, and, I, and I'm glad to call him a friend. And I look forward to, to maybe getting over that side one day and coming over and yeah. visit. Um, so okay, so you go into you go into high school, John. At this point, you're still playing soccer, um, and the baseball. What age were you when the the, the, the baseball started kicking in? Um, <clears throat> I would say about my sophomore year in high school. So I was uh, probably around 16 years old. Um, that's when I finally started really growing into my body. You know, I was always kind of like a tall, lanky kid. Uh, I'm pretty clumsy. You know, I, I was good at sports, but um, I definitely wasn't, you know, used to my feet and my hands and all that yet. So uh, I think my sophomore year, um, I stopped playing. I played basketball as well. I stopped playing that, and I kind of focused on just soccer and baseball. Um, and at that point, it was kind of when I realized, you know, moving forward, you know, my soccer coach would always beg me to play more in the summer, do this and that, and go to these camps and, at the end of the day, like I knew my career, my dream was was to play baseball. Um, so it was it was a tough decision, but you know I I moved forward with baseball and um, and I you know I don't regret it for a second, obviously because I you know I was fortunate enough to get where I am, but but it was definitely a tough decision. So at that point, did did, did soccer take the back seat? Then was it was it time when you realised that you had to take the focus onto baseball? Is that when you kind of the, so we're talking? What age would you be? About 16, 17 at this point. Yeah, I was about 16, 17. I still played soccer at that point um, until until I was done with high school. So until I was about 18. Uh, but it just wasn't like a, you know, I didn't I didn't train for it outside of teamwork. You know, like when I was at practice, I would practice, but I wasn't going yeah. home to do extra work and stuff like that. It's interesting you say that because I played football as well, soccer, football when I was when I was younger. Yeah. And when I got to around the age of 17, 18, I got a professional cricket contract. And you do, you have to kind of weigh things up at that point. It's very difficult to continue playing elite level sport in a couple of different sports. Yeah, and Absolutely, obviously yeah. You knew baseball was it was going to be the journey. So it's interesting to hear that you had to, I mean, I'm sure you still have a kick about with your mates here and there, but um, <laughs> you, need to, you need to focus on, on what, what, what the prize is. And, and obviously baseball was the route you were going to go for. So with baseball, um, you got recruited to play uh, baseball at the Rutgers University. Please yeah, so Rutgers. Rutgers is, um, it's like the, it's a state university of New Jersey. So it's, uh, it's, you know, a 50, 60,000 person school. Um, they play in the big 10 conference, which is, you know, uh, an enormous conference over here. It's a top, you know, three conference in the country. Um, Rutgers would be a lower tier, um, athletic school compared to those schools, but, uh, it's still huge compared to anything else. Um, so when I was getting recruited, there was other schools I was talking to, and I had offers to go to. But Rutgers was an hour and twenty minutes from my house, and at the end of the day, I wanted my dad and my mom to be able to come see me play. Yeah. Um, so it just made more sense for me instead of you know going down to somewhere down in South Carolina or something like that. I, I stayed in New Jersey and was able to represent you know my home state with my family around. So you you, you must have you've got you've got to gone to Rutgers University. What was the what was the process then of getting into so you. When you say you got recruited, you've left. I'm trying to understand because we're totally different over here. So I want the viewers yeah. to kind of get an idea into how it all works. So you started rewatching the movie sometimes. 
that you get all the scouts that come around from all the different universities um, and they sit down and tell you why you should come to their university. Is that really how, is that, is that how, is that how it pans out? Yeah, it's, it's pretty wild. Um, you're 16, you know, they start now, they even start younger. I mean, there's kids that are, that are freshmen in high school. They're, you know, 14 years old and there are scouts there looking at them. Uh, fortunately, when I was in high school, it wasn't quite like that as much. You know, I still was about a sophomore, junior, and you start hearing from coaches getting emails and getting letters in the mail, and then all of a sudden they're at your games, and, you know, they got their cameras out, and they're taking videos and yep. interviewing you after games and all that kind of stuff. Uh, and it's it's pretty intense because, you know, you're, you're still a kid, and, um, you know, you're worried about high school stuff, you know, like teenager stuff, you know, messing around off the field and doing doing dumb stuff. Yeah. And at the same point, you got to think about, you know, what's what's going to be going on in your life moving forward. And it's a big decision to make and a lot of pressure. So did you I'd imagine your parents had a big involvement in, in a lot of that a lot, a lot of that time as well? Because, yeah, like you say, you're still a kid at that point. Um, you're, you're, you know, I'm not saying you you didn't have your head switched on, but you're like you're saying, you're, you're thinking about just playing and having fun. So did mum and dad have quite a lot of do you have a lot of family discussions to make sure you made the, the right decision? Yeah, I think, you know, at the end of the day, my parents, they were going to support me no matter what I chose. But uh, but they knew they knew they, they, they knew to kind of lead me in a, in a path that they knew I would succeed in. And um, I think together as a family, we made we made a pretty good decision. At the end of the day, it was my choice, but I definitely had a lot of support um, no matter which way I was going to go. That's good to hear. It's good to hear. So was the pitching tap? Were you a pitcher at this point? So when you got drafted into uni? They, they, they liked you as a pitcher. You'd been pitching all along. Because sometimes I, I find with some sports people I talk to, they maybe try different areas of the certain game. Like they might be mm -hmm. a batter. Or, but you were a you were a pitcher from a young age, and that's what you wanted to do? Yeah. Um, I, you know, I was never very good at swinging the bat. Um, I had a good arm, um, and I, I knew how to manipulate the ball pretty well. Yeah. Um, you know, that's something that we can both – talk about because I listened to a couple of your podcasts and you guys All were right, talking about you. it. Yeah. And, and I, you know, I realized that maybe a couple of years back, we could have got you over here to throw the baseball around a little bit. <laughs> I don't know about throwing. I would have been more of a batter, I reckon, but I don't know if I would have had the power to hit home runs. I was kind of a, I was kind of a nerdler. I like to nerdle the ball around in cricket. Okay. The old arm uh, had a few shoulder injuries when I was younger. So I don't think I could throw, throw, a, throw a ball like you, but I'm amazed at the talent of baseball, you know, when we actually over here have a couple of teams that started playing baseball, you know, locally, nothing mm -hmm. like your level. And we tried to do some synergy training sessions with each other because yeah. it was interesting to kind of bounce ideas off each other. I also once went to Australia and played um, played some cricket out there and we had a baseball coach come in um, to do a bit of work with us as well because the throwing technique is really interesting to, I mean, the, the, some of the arms in the major league, major league baseball, it's, yeah, it's crazy. Crazy. I mean, what can you? What can? What? What's your top pace of a pitch? Uh, last year I got up to ninety-eight miles an hour. Um, I normally sit around like ninety-four, ninety-five, but uh, there was a hot day in Florida, and I was feeling pretty good. And just, yeah, you know, one of those days. Are you, are you right? Are you right arm? I am a right arm. Yeah. Okay. Um, do you think you? Do you think you're going to get to hundred? I hope so. I've been, you know, this offseason, my goal was to uh, put on as much lower body kind of mass as possible. You know, I was doing a lot of weight training and I gained a, gained a couple pounds and hopefully, you know, it, it transpires. Obviously, I went down to spring training this year and I was having a really good start and then we got canceled for coronavirus. So yeah. I don't know quite where I would have went, um, but I'm not going to, you know, just similar to everyone else in the world, you can't let it stop everything. You know, you got to keep moving forward. So, uh, 
so I'm excited to get back and, and hopefully soon and, and see if I can get to triple digits. <laughs> What's the quickest? What's the, I mean, in cricket, there's a guy, uh, Shoei Bakhtar, that got it up to bowling 100 miles per hour. He just managed to touch that. And, you know, most of the guys kicking around now, you maybe they get up to like 94, that kind of, that kind of pace. But mm -hmm. in baseball, who are the like top two, three pitchers in the world right now and what can they pitch at? Um, I would think uh, there's a guy that's a, he's a, he's a closing pitcher. So he pitches like the last inning of right. the game uh, for the Cardinals and he throws anywhere from 102 to 105 every pitch. And uh, he's got other pitchers that other pitches that dive and go in all directions at like 90 miles an hour. So he still throws, he just throws crazy stuff. Um, I think the best overall pitcher in the game, you know, I'm biased because I grew up a Mets fan, but the guy, yeah. a guy J Jacob DeGrom on the Mets, okay. um, he's just lights out, throws, sits 99 uh, with a bunch, probably six different pitches and puts it wherever he wants, whenever he wants. And, you know, he's just something that every, everyone can – he's a skinny – I think he weighs 170 pounds. You know, he's a skinny, yeah. lanky guy, and he's just wiry strong. Yeah. No, it sounds – listen, it's, what, what an art. What an art it is. So moving on, tell me about your um, – your, so you had your, you had your time at university, then you went to college. Is that – am I right in saying that? Uh, you know, well, so – Rutgers was it's it's Rutgers University, so it was my college. And I, after high school, I went there for four years. Rutgers. Okay, so four, so four years, four years there. Um, you got undrafted at one point. What does what, what? How does I mean? This is please excuse me with uh, my yeah, no no here. worries. Um, you, 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 this is a total learning course for me. So when you got drafted initially, is that already a financial benefit to you being even being in being in college? Um, so the, yeah, so the way, I mean, the way it works is if you're in college, uh, you're not allowed to accept any money. Right. Okay. Um, otherwise you lose your eligibility to play. Right. Um, so once you decide to play professionally, that's when you have the opportunity to, um, to make some money. And, uh, so I was un when, when they say undrafted, what it means is pretty much that they went through the, the draft and my name wasn't chosen. Mm -hmm. So, um, there was X amount of players picked and, you know, I wasn't one of them. So after the draft, I got signed as what they call a free agent, okay. um, which ended up being good for me because, you know, people from the Northeast in the United States are known generally for being like gritty, tougher people. Yeah. Um, and it just played into my cards that, uh, that I would get, you know, be put at a disadvantage from the start of my professional career that, you know, I didn't, you know, when you sign as an undrafted free agent, you don't really make any money doing that. Um, and then you have to go and you start at the bottom, you have to continue to work your way and, you know, actually, what's what's funny is I just actually got a notification on my phone two years ago today. It was actually when I got signed. All right, okay. Um, so it works out pretty well that we're doing this. I was yeah. I was smiling yeah. before this. I'm like, wow. Good timing. I like that. Yeah, it's a quick two years, but I made a lot of progress, and I'm I'm pretty close now where I want to be. So, uh, so the whole undrafted thing, I think, definitely played a a role into you know like my inner um, competitiveness and and stuff like that. Just just before we go into the to the to the bigger the bigger stuff. While you were at university, uh, stroke college, um, you know what? What were your kind of standout? What were your? Did you? Did you? Were you always? A, were you always a top pitch? Were you the top pitcher at the at the uni? Was there a you know, competition? How did you excel on those couple of years? And was it a gradual improvement every single year? Just to just to hear your how it all went for you. Uh, yeah, I think I think I got a little bit better. Uh, my freshman year, I had a pretty good year. Sophomore year, I had a pretty good year. Um, I was fortunate enough to play in a, a summer league that uh, 
it's the number one league in the country for uh, for baseball. Uh, so I had a great time going out there. It's called the Cape Cod League. You play on the beach, and you know it's just as good as you can imagine. Yeah. Um, and then after that, uh, my junior year, I kind of stumbled a little bit. Um, I, I didn't have my best season. We had you know coaching changes and stuff going on, and I didn't really have guys pushing me as much as. Uh, not that that's an excuse, but uh, it always kind of helps to have someone on your heels. And um, my senior year, fortunately, I had that again. You know, we had a good competition worth of players, and. You know, that's what ultimately made me, you know, I realized this could be it for me and kind of gave it all I had and had a good year. Good, good, good. Just training-wise now, what does a pitcher, how does a pitcher train? I mean, obviously you need to have strong shoulders, be able to throw well, but what would you, what would you do? Would you train differently to what a batter would train um, in baseball? Please, please, please tell me about what a training, training week would be like for you. Uh, yeah, I think uh, in baseball, so pitchers compared to, to hitters, um, I think the biggest difference would be just overall size. Uh, you don't really see pitchers that often that are, you know, all jacked up and look like they can fight a bear. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, meanwhile, some of these hitters you face, they're they're giants. Uh, yeah, they look, they look like beasts, some of those boys. Yeah, yeah. The guy on the Yankees, Aaron Judge, I, I, I saw him in person this year uh, at a game, and I was, like, taken back by the size yeah. of him. He's, like, six foot eight, you know. Um, but I think overall, you know, we have to be more uh, more flexible and more nimble, stuff like that, just to be able to make our bodies bend the way we do. Um, meanwhile, hitters just have to be more powered, power-oriented and, and just overall strength-wise. They're, they're just bigger dudes. So what would you do? What, a lot of, so flexibility-wise, a lot of stretching, I'd imagine. Um, do you do anything? Like, there's a lot of things out now, like, you know, yoga, Pilates, these kids. Is that some of the stuff that you would do? Yeah, I mean, uh, I've definitely tried it. I uh, I did actually hot yoga for a, for a whole off season, which is which is pretty pretty tough. Well, yeah, uh, it's, hard those... it's hard. I've tried it. I mean, you come out of your sweat after a yoga class, don't you? Yeah, absolutely. I, you know, it was almost a cheat. Outside the yoga studio, there was a a Cold Stone, which is like the best ice cream place around over here. Yeah. So I would I'd go in and I would sweat, and then I'd come out and get an ice cream. <laughs> yeah. But uh, but yeah, I would do stuff like that. I mean, I still I still do some weightlifting. Um, and then a lot of, uh, you know, people, people, everyone has their own little quirk to, to make them kind of feel good about it. Uh, my brother is actually a physical therapist now. Okay. Um, so I'm fortunate enough where if I'm ever feeling any kind of discomfort or anything like that, I just go to him and I don't have to go to any doctor or anything. He just takes care of it. That's handy. That's handy. Yeah. Is the yeah. invoice, does he invoice you at the end of it or is that, is that invoice free? <laughs> I buy him a case of beer. <laughs> there you go. Job, job done. So, you get undrafted from uh, from university. How old are you at this point, John? Uh, I was 22. 22. You were in a bit of transit, so you, you, you're a free agent, you called it. So yep. is this kind of a bit in limbo at this point? You don't really know what the future holds? Yeah, so uh, there was about a two-month period where, um, you know, I was still throwing every day just in case. But, uh, I, you know, it could have very well been it for me. Um, I was looking at different jobs and, and thinking about kind of where I wanted to go forward and, you know, what I wanted to do. Um, and like you mentioned earlier, you know, uh, a fireman was, was one of those options where, you know, I took an exam and uh, I thought that could be something that I could do going forward because, you know, it's a team atmosphere and it's a, it's an exciting thing to do and yeah. uh, it's pretty respectable here. Uh, so, you know, it was something that was pretty cool for me, but at the same point I had interest to, you know, when you live next to New York city, you kind of want to experience working in there and, living in there and kind of seeing what it's all about. So that was another, you know, option I was considering. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, so 
still pitching, still did the, the, the call then comes, or I don't know how it comes, a call or somebody approaches you or a scout comes to you, and am I right in saying that was when the Pittsburgh Pittsburgh yep. Pirates came uh, came chapping on your door? Please, please tell me how that all came about and what what went down. Yeah, so actually, it was, it's a it's a pretty wild uh, pretty wild story. I was actually playing softball. So in the in America's on Sunday, uh, a lot of times, you know, a town or a local fire department or something will have a softball team where you go and you have a couple beers and you play softball. Nothing yeah. competitive. It's just for fun and and you know to have it spend the day together. Uh, so I did that all day, uh, came back home, had dinner, uh, was ready to head up to bed and got a call from uh, some random number I didn't recognize and I answered it. And the, the guy pretty much said to me, he goes, hey man, uh, you know, I, I, we need a guy. Um, I know you can do it. Do you have any interest in coming down to Florida and signing with us? And I was like, yeah, like when, when do you want me to leave? <laughs> like I'm ready to go right now. And he goes, how about tomorrow, 6 a.m.? So I was like, oh, all right. So yeah. this was uh, about 10 o'clock at night. So I, I packed a bag and I was gone for seven months within hours. Mate, it's amazing isn't it, how quickly life can change just by, just by, just yeah. by a, a phone call like that. So you get a call. I'm assuming you go rush downstairs, tell your mom and dad that you've, uh, you've had the phone call and you're, and you're off to Florida. How does the family, how does the family feel about that at the time? Everyone was, uh, you know, my sister wasn't home, so uh, I had to call her. But everyone that was home here, we were all having a, you know, it, we were beside ourselves because it was something that, you know, they always knew was, was my biggest passion was to play professional baseball. Uh, and besides that, you know, it was just, it was kind of sad after everything fell, you know, after college and I didn't get picked up. And, I, you know, I was nervous that it was going to be it. Um, so, you know, I, I called my sister and I told my brother and, and my, my parents and, Sure enough, some of my friends found out, and they came right over to my house. And um, it was a late night before an early morning. We'll put it that way. <laughs> no, no, I can imagine. I can imagine. So you get on. Um, you travel. How did you travel down to Florida then? Uh, they flew me down the next morning, so I, I got a, a flight at six a.m. and I was down there by uh, by nine. Okay. And I was on the field by noon. Wow, bloody yeah. hell! That's uh, so. You, so you managed to have a celebration party, get a couple yeah. of get, get packed, get on a plane, and here you are. So what was it like, John? First time walking out to the the field. I mean, do you, you, I'm assuming you know. You, I'm assuming you're a fan of the game as well. You know who all these guys were. You know who you were going to be training with. What was Absolutely. it like walking out there to to meet all of them? It was it was pretty surreal for me. Uh, it's, a, it's the only way I can explain it. I was uh, I was like a kid, you know, a kid walking into a, a amusement park for the first time. You know, it was like uh, it was really cool. Um, it's something I'll never forget. You know, I showed up in in um, in like a nice collared shirt and like suit pants. And everyone else is wearing like uh, you know shorts and t-shirts, and they're like, "Who the hell is this guy?" You know, yeah. <laughs> I didn't well, know. You know, I didn't know. Well, you meant well. You were obviously trying to make a, a good impression. Your mom and dad have yeah. brought you up well, so you're turning up trying to be. Uh, so did you get did you get a couple of one-liners from a couple of the boys when you when you arrived there? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I, they still, you know, I still get so. They, we have uh, people called pleats, and what pleats do is they they pretty much manage the team, uh, everything from hotels and flights and all that kind of stuff, and. Uh, they keep messing. The kids always call me. They they act like I'm a pleat because I uh, I showed up dressed in a, like a suit the first day. So um, I I won't hear the end of that one anytime you know soon. But it's all right. I doubt I doubt you will. So so what were you thrown right into the deep end? What was your kind of first week? What was your first week like down there? Uh yeah. So uh so my first week was it was it was pretty pretty crazy uh, pretty hectic. It was a very firm schedule. Um, a lot of meetings, a lot of stuff like that. Um, we actually, right after the season, we had like a rookie 
um, camp in which they did all these great, we had Navy SEALs come in and train us to see if we would break. Uh, we had, you know, them interrogate us in like a yeah. dark room to see if we would break just to, yeah. I guess they were just seeing the kind of character of who they, who they signed. And there was about 40 of us. Mm-hmm. So it was cool. Uh, it was a cool experience and it was crazy, but it was cool. So did you do the uh, physical side of things as well? Were you put through like really intense, I mean, the, I've seen, yeah. I've seen from the outside a couple of times the Navy SEALs putting people through, um, through their, through their, their kind of drills. So was it like all that kind of running, crawling under water, crawling under the nets, getting shouted at while you're doing it? You've done all of that oh, yeah. stuff? Yeah, we did it for a week straight. We actually, uh, we rode out to an island and we had to live out on the island for like two days and then we rode all the way back in. And uh, when we got back, you know, they, they sprayed us with a hose and had us roll around in sand just so we're uncomfortable. And then we had yeah. to do all these drills. And it was, you know, for me, I loved it because, you know, a military, um, military was always something I was interested in doing. Um, you know, baseball obviously took over, but if it wasn't for baseball, that was another thing that was, you know, pretty, it held a pretty big spot in my heart. Um, so I was excited to do it. You know, I was ready to go. And fortunately, I felt like it was an, a place where I can kind of put myself ahead of the other guys. Did you see some boys break there? Obviously, you're not going to name anybody, but did you see some guys? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. More, more people than you would imagine. I mean, this is, these are top tier athletes and they're, you know, pretty strong guys and, and you, you know, certain guys bailing out of certain events and throwing up everywhere. And, you know, one kid, one kid was crying. So it was. Yeah, I was going to ask you, did anyone cry? I mean, it's easily done and it could happen out there. I mean, it's not, it's, they don't take it easy on you when they, when they, when they, yeah. when the Navy get involved. I mean, it must've been proper. And then I think yeah, if you was... start crying, they probably stick it into you even more at that point. Yeah. Yeah. Cause then it's just like a, it's like a, it's like a knife through your manhood, you know? Yep. It was tough, but it was, I, I loved it. So you made it through. So did you find that that probably, that what they were obviously trying to do there was, was test your mental strength, knowing that you could mm-hmm. be in a, in a real high pressure situation come, uh, come next season, you know, in front right. of a hotel crowd or whatever, and they wanted to see if you, 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 know, you had it. So did it, when you came back from that, what, what did the kind of early, the pre-season, do you have a pre-season then the following year or how, how, does, how, did, it, how did it work moving forward? Yeah, generally we go back in um, in February and we have what we call spring training in which it's about a month of uh, – it's just uh, practices and you start to play like um, less stress level games in which, you know, you just kind of get your arm ready to go and the hitters try and get their timing down and all that kind of stuff uh, for about a month. And it's pretty low-key, you know, it's not like – it's not super pressure. It's, you know, it's, it's a time in which they try and decide who's going to go where um, and who's going to go play at what level. Um, so for, for a young guy like me that got signed undrafted and all that kind of stuff, I still had a lot to prove. Mm-hmm. So, um, so I kind of came in with a chip on my shoulder and, and did well, fortunately, and, and kind of never looked back from there. How many pitchers are in a professional baseball squad? And is it, is it, is it a first team and a second team? Yeah, so actually with baseball, there's, there's a whole, like, what we call a minor league system. Okay. Um, so there's the major league team. Um, those are the guys that, you know, make all the money and they're on TV and they all the glam and the glory. And then there's four, four or five levels below um, in which there's other teams that progressively get better and better towards the top. Okay. Um, so I've spent, you know, my career kind of up and down in levels and trying to earn, you know, my right to, to be up there. And, mm-hmm. and this spring training, actually, I was up there for, for a couple of games and it was, it was pretty damn cool. Um, so I'm, I'm, Looking forward to baseball getting started again, and hopefully making it making it there again. Well, would it, would it be safe to say that you're you're you know you're you're at that point now in your career where you're probably you've kind of done your your early 
initiation, as you can see, into the into the squad and whatnot. And your your aspirations now are to push into being in the sitting in with the sitting in with the big boys. Yeah, you know, I think uh, you know, I, I think this this spring training was huge for me because I was able to play with them a couple games and kind of see where I'm at compared to them, and I felt. I felt pretty comfortable there. You know, I, I felt like I can handle myself just as well as any of those guys could. Um, so, you know, if we get the chance to play again this year, you know, my name gets called, I'm, I think I'll be ready. Just what, uh, something to have. T- tell me about one of your, your your highlights since you've been at the Pirates. Tell me of one of your best performances so far and for what team it was for and what's kind of, what you maybe feel like was a come out moment for you where you knew the coaches were thinking, right, this, this kid's got, you know, we're looking at him to really go forward now. Yeah, um, I think I think my first spring training was was really big for me. Um, you know, when I got signed out of college, I was throwing maybe like 90 miles an hour, 92 sometimes, um, and then you know I knew that wasn't going to work in 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 professional. So I took that off season and I gained like 30 pounds and I I put on some muscle and I came back the next year throwing 95, 96 miles an hour. Um, so right off the bat, the the coaches were all like, "All right, this kid, you know, he he made big improvements. Uh, we're going to look forward to." To, to you know moving him along yeah. plus you know I'm no 18 year old kid you know I, I'm older you know I was 22 at the point mm-hmm. or 23 at the time so they're like might as well push and see what happens and fortunately last season I jumped um three levels and I kept going and going so I'm, I'm only one away now so I'm hoping I can I can make it there soon yeah no it sounds, sounds, sounds like sounds like exciting times mate so pandemic strikes um all around the world We've all, um, I mean, Matt, uh, coming from a cricketing background, the cricket season is pretty much was wiped out. There is talks of us kind of getting a little bit of a introduction back into things. What's things like on your end in regards to to slowly coming back? Yeah, uh, things are, you know, things are getting better and worse at the same time. Um, you know, up here, uh, New Jersey has gotten a lot better because we were hit really, really hard from the start. Mm-hmm. Um, just because New York City is so close. Yeah, New York, so- City, New York City got hit. Bad mate, like from looking from, yeah. from our end here on the news and whatnot, it got hit really bad. So, have you felt yeah. the effects of that? Oh, absolutely. I mean, we we are, we still don't even have restaurants and bars and stuff like that open. Everything's still closed, uh, mm-hmm. which is a good thing. You know, people, you know, are taking it pretty seriously. You go anywhere, there's everyone's wearing a mask and all that. Uh, mm-hmm. um, my family's pretty much been on lockdown for the past couple months. My brother is as a physical therapist and fireman. He goes out and still does what he has to do, but everyone else is home. Mm-hmm. Um, besides that, you know, Florida now, so like Florida and states like that, now they're getting affected pretty bad. So although it's getting better here, it's getting worse there. Mm-hmm. So I think our country's kind of in, a, in trouble here because although like people up north want to go out and kind of get back, things back to normal, down south is just getting hit. So it's kind of, uh, we're at a point where everyone's still got to kind of stay calm and stay home for a little bit longer. And then uh, I think things will get okay. And have you had any involvement still, i.e. via via Zoom calls or anything with the squad and with the coaches? Because mental health and everything is a big big challenge for a lot of people during this kind of thing and keeping you keeping you. I mean, some people could quite easily just go off the go off the ball and, and let themselves go a little bit, and that's yeah. not really what you want to do when your when your season's coming back. So, what what what's has anything been in place for that? Yeah, I think uh, you know my my organization. Every organization's different. Fortunately, the Pirates. Uh, they have a, they put a lot of emphasis on, on player mental health. And we have a whole department that reaches out to us as well as our coaches. They, they call about probably every two weeks. Um, they have a training program for us too uh, on our phones. So we have, uh, they've given us plenty of opportunities to, uh, to kind of keep things as normal as possible. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, obviously at home too, you have people that push you. You know, one of my best friends since I was a kid, he's an accountant, but uh, he played he played baseball in college and yeah. he uh, he's my throwing partner every day and we work out together every day. So if, if I didn't have him, I'd be in trouble. Listen, but, keep uh, him tight, mate. Keep him tight because when you start yeah. making big bucks, he'll be handy. He'll be handy. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, so that's uh, you've got it all sorted there, John, mate. You know, yeah, it's yeah. time to get the, the millions rolling in and he'll he'll keep you. Just keep an eye on him, though, because accountants can be can be slippery. slippery. <laughs> I'll um, tell him. I'll tell him today. Yeah, look, make sure, make sure you do, please. And so, moving forward, what are the what are the goals of, of John O'Reilly? What 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 are the the aspirations? What do you want to go on and achieve? Um, you know, honestly, my whole my, my dream since I was a kid, uh, I always said if I ever made the major leagues, uh, my first game, I want my whole family and all my friends and all like that to be there. So, you know, my family jokes about it sometimes, but my you know I don't dream about having you know that crazy car that that huge house or something like that. My whole dream has always been, you know, getting two buses from my town and filling them up with my people and uh, bringing them out, bringing them out to a game, my first game that I pitch and having them all there. And, uh, you know, although, although it might seem kind of silly or whatever, it's, it's always been something I've always wanted to do. I really hope I can do it. Nothing silly about that at all. It's it's quite refreshing to hear actually that the passion is still there. Um, I think too many people think about the money. Look, the money, the money, Something I've heard a lot along the way is money will come if you if, if you keep the passion and you keep the drive, yeah. the money will, yeah, the money will follow. Um, and you seem like you've got your head very much switched on, you know, throughout your journey. Um, and I think you're going to have a going to have a really bright future. And I'm sure you'll make the big bucks. You've got the accountant ready. But listen, <laughs> I, hope, I hope to you know I hope that that happens. And if you could please keep me posted when that's when that's happening, I might not be on the bus. But I'll certainly be following you. Following hey, you, you might you might have to you might have to come over and, and maybe you and, maybe you and I mean, Mark already, will be on that bus. I'm Mark's, I'm already on Mark's case about getting over. He keeps putting pictures on Instagram of him sitting on the beach, and I'm getting really <laughs> really irritated by this. So listen, maybe I will need to come over and uh, come over and be on that bus journey. When do you think realistically that's going to happen? Um, with this season being up in the air and everything, I don't even think fans will be there. I, I would assume that's going to be next season, so probably next spring. Next spring, and do you think it could happen that for you personally? That's that's realistic. If, obviously, pandemic and everything else, and crowds coming back, you can't control that. But that was a realistic target for you for that to happen. Yeah, that's that's my that's my goal right now, and you know I think it's a pretty achievable one as long as I you know stay 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 on my path and keep keep on the you know on the grind and, and see you know I, I think it's pretty realistic. No, good to hear. Good to hear. Okay, then the last qu- couple of questions for to finish with. What's your advice, John? For any youngsters looking to take up baseball from a young age, what are the main important things you would you'd want to pass on? Uh, baseball, you know, I think baseball is such a game. It's it's misconceived by a lot of people because it, you know it looks like such a boring game, and and if you don't know about it, it, it is you know it's tough to watch if if you don't know the ins and the outs. And I'm sure you can attest to that. Uh, it's not always the most exhilarating thing, but um, I think if you buy in and you try and learn about it, um, you'd be surprised how you know, little things mean so much in, in a game like that. And, you know, I just – I think the most important thing, obviously it's easy to say, but it's, it's the same in every sport. you got to enjoy it and you got to have fun with it. Um, don't take it too seriously. Um, you got to love what you do if you want to be good at it. Um, and that's about it. Yeah, no, you speak to, speak to sports people across all, all formats and that seems to come up regularly, like the enjoyment factor. Um, yeah. I think sometimes I've, – I've seen it firsthand. Some people put too much pressure on themselves – they take the enjoyment factor out of the game, and it, and it's hard to it's hard to perform when you're absolutely 
no longer enjoying it. It's like being in the classroom, me sitting in a science class. I hated science at school. I didn't enjoy it. I never, ever excelled at it. Take me out to the out to the sports field and I, I was buzzing to play all different sports. So yeah. that, that, that seems like a message across all sports, whether it's baseball, basketball, cricket, football, enjoyment, enjoy the sport. If you're not enjoying it for a lengthy period of time, it's probably time to find another sport, I would imagine. Yeah. Um, yeah. But no, look, it's been it's been really cool to catch up with you. Um, I, I put I, I put this out there. I, I know very little about baseball. Like I said at the start, I know about home runs. I know about you trying to strike people out. I know about mm-hmm. the guy that stands behind with the mask, just like in cricket, and with the wicketkeeper, and he tries to wind the batter up. Same thing yep. happens in cricket. There's some hand signals that go on between the pitcher and the catcher. <laughs> Um, but the, I mean, the skills that are involved in baseball are, are unbelievable. The throwing arms, the catching—I find it amazing when they jump up to catch it before it goes in the before it goes into the crowd. The crowds that come out to watch Major League Baseball are are, are incredible. And look, I wish you nothing but the very best. Um, I think I'll be I'll be I'll be following very closely now and looking out for you, making some big strides. And listen, keep a seat warm on the bus. Uh, I will do my best to, to be over on that on that journey. And thank you very much again for joining me. Thank you so much for having me. I really enjoyed it. Um, you know, at first when you guys reached, when you and Mark reached out, I was, you know, I, I was excited to do it, but I really didn't know what I was getting into. And then I, uh, I, I listened and watched to a couple of your episodes and I was like, all right, this is going to be a lot of fun. So, you know, I'm, I'm really fortunate that you, uh, that you allowed me to come on here and, and I'm thankful for it. Thank you. Listen, th- thanks for coming on, buddy. You take care of yourself. All right, you too.